Hi, I'm Clarice Shelby Coleman. And you? Chase Coleman. And you're listening to ADA Live. Yo. Hello, everyone. On behalf of the Southeast ADA Center, the Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University, and the ADA National Network, welcome to ADA Live. I am Pam Williamson, Assistant Director of the Southeast ADA Center. Listening audience, if you have any questions about the Americans with Disabilities Act, you can use the online form anytime at adalive.org. Today's episode is very special because we are celebrating our 100th episode, and we get to do this with Clarice and Chase. What better way to celebrate than to talk about the importance of self-advocacy? Of all the skills we can learn, the ability to advocate for ourselves could very well be the most important. Knowing who we are, what we need, and how to share that information with others is important for all of us. However, it is critical for people with disabilities who are often denied choices in their lives or opportunities to make personal decisions. People with disabilities must have the opportunity to learn self-advocacy skills and become aware of how to ask for an accommodation in the workplace, the college or university classroom, or to make decisions about our lifestyles, living arrangements, and even everyday choices. Mm -hmm. Our guests today are Clarice Coleman and her son, Chase Coleman. They have championed the importance of self-advocacy through a nonprofit they started called Show them how smart you are. Clarice and Chase, welcome to the show. Thank you. So how did you go? Thank you, Chase. So so how did you begin the self-advocacy journey? Tell us how you got started. Well, um, Chase was diagnosed when he was about three and a half. And because he was classified nonverbal at the time, around first grade, he was getting ready to lose his one-to-one teacher's aid. And I realized he didn't have the voice to say, hey, I, want, I need to keep Miss Chestnut. She helps me get through my day-to-day. And I realized I had to be his voice, that he needed me to make his decisions protect him and keep him safe across all environments because he couldn't do it himself. When Chase was going through all those testing and diagnosis, I got this exhaustive list of he will never, 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 never. He will not, he will not, he will not. And Chase has turned all of those people into liars. Mm -hmm. They told me he would never talk. He wouldn't read. Um, he wouldn't be able to socialize. He's an actual member. He's been a member of a cross country team from seventh grade to 12th grade. And it was the first seventh, eighth grade was the first time he made the honor roll. 
And every year in high school, he made the merit roll. So you get all those, he's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. And then you have a person like you who comes along. You agree, right, Papa? Okay. okay. (laughs) And says, no, I think I could work with this kid. I think Mm -hmm. he can do this. Mm -hmm. And that's all you need. And that's who I try to be all the time with my parents, especially when they come and they say, oh, Johnny can't do, he doesn't do, I said, oh, don't say that. Yes, he can. Let's see. He can, he may not be able to do it that way, but he right. can do it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Chase learned to read before he actually started using words because he so said, so did my young man that, yeah. that I worked with. He would watch television with the closed caption and he would listen to Elmo and he would run his fingers across the words. My husband and I, we would just watch him. And then eventually, he would try to use the word. So he was learning like what, mm-hmm. not only how to say the word, when to use the word, what was appropriate. Elmo taught Chase how to recycle. <laughs> I couldn't teach him how to recycle the concept, but watching right. Elmo recycles the hundred thousand times that he did <laughs> with the closed caption, he went to school and he was on a recycling team in third grade. Totally blew my it. mind. And Clarice, that's so very important when our children are young. So, you know, and it, so I'm glad you learned um, to start being an advocate for Chase and set him on the journey to become his own self-advocate. Now, in 2016, I believe Chase was 15 years old. um, Mm -hmm. There was this unfortunate incident that occurred. Can you share with us about that incident and the role it played in your development as self-advocates and also how you work with teachers? Chase is a cross-country runner and he's on the team. We're at an event in Rochester, New York. I use usually run with him through the courses, but I was injured at the time and um, we had did a walkthrough and it was a part that was kind of tricky. And he's on one side of this reservoir and I'm on the other side, you know, calling his name, trying to encourage him to keep going. And he must have stopped trying to decide which way am I supposed to go? He's used to people helping him. Um, If you've ever been to a cross country race, there's all types of people just lined up around in the woods or along the road. And a stranger approached him, Chase calmly went towards that person thinking that they were trying to help him and this uh person tried to cause him harm he he pushed him down to the ground and um he attempted to do even further damage but um a biker and another runner came upon it before it was a worse situation and this incident showed me that the world truly misunderstood autism, that they missed a whole portion, about a half to two thirds of the population, the ones who are nonverbal, because everyone always tries to understand the ones who are verbal, who can communicate for themselves, but Chase can't communicate the way we communicate. And I think Mm -hmm. he misunderstood with this that guy was trying to do and the man misunderstood what chase was saying to him because he has what they call echolea 
So mm-hmm. if you say hi, Chase, he says hi, Chase. So whatever this man was saying to him, Chase was repeating it right back to him and it turned into a horrible mess. But the scariest part about this whole thing was that I also realized that first responders didn't understand people like Chase. And it just became the catalyst that there's something that needs to be done. And I began not just advocating in the school environment, I started advocating for people on the autism spectrum, verbal, nonverbal, out in the community. Clarice, this story is just, um, I'll be honest, I mean, it's, it's a bit overwhelming to listen to you tell it because I cannot imagine the frightening situation that, that that was for you and Chase. But I want to focus on a couple of things here. One, uh, you know, the fact that Chase is a cross-country runner, that, you know, we are all about inclusion. And this just shows me that there are ways for people to be involved at every level. And it's so exciting to hear you talk about that. And kudos to you for being able to run along with Chase, because I'm going to tell you right now, that wouldn't happen for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> they'd be on, I'd be on the gurney behind him. Um, but... <laughs> But the, but then, too, the fact that this really did spur the, your, the advocacy that you're talking about and, and really helped you to un, understand better about and how to move forward with self-advocacy. So with this, so how did the idea of the, your nonprofit, Show Them How Smart You Are, come about? From the day that Chase got his diagnosis, that very next morning, I had to take him to daycare. And I bent down and I cupped his face and I said to him, you go in there and you show them how smart you are. And mommy loves you and I'm proud of you. Every time we part ways, he's 20 years old now. That's what I say. Before I went to work last night, I tell him that before he gets on the bus to go up to SU, um, before he goes somewhere with his grandma out in the community, um, I just wanted him to have some self-confidence within himself. And that's where um, Show Them How Smart You Are came from. And the organization came about because I was looking for emotional support as I was raising him and I was seeking other organizations for a support group, but I couldn't find what I needed. And I just had an idea that after that experience that I would start my own support group because I wanted to bring families together and instructors and professionals and for us to come together and we not just talk about okay, this is, these are the needs that I need, but to really get to know what I deal with day to day, what happened before I got to your office to have this meeting. I wanted professionals to start to see me as a person. And I wanted other caregivers like me to come together in a um, emotionally safe environment, to be able to talk things through and um, share ideas. 
Well, Clarice, I love the concept and I love the positive affirmation of show them how smart you are. But I really do like that, uh, you know, you're bringing multiple groups together that do need to talk and to learn from each other, the parents, the professionals, the individuals. So if you had to identify one success story, uh, and I'm sure you have many, um, what, from your, that has come out of your group, what would it be? It's growth. And the parents, one success story. Ooh. You're a success story. Finding this college program for Chase and finding the mm -hmm. others that are at different universities in Texas and in Maryland and knowing that our kids have a future mm -hmm. just like a neurotypical child does post high school. And Chase is going to college now with two friends that he started out in kindergarten with. And when we, all three as parents, when we got our diagnosis, it was devastating for a moment, but I always tried to stick to the positive side. Okay, this is this, but what else can he do? Well, he can't do it this way, but let's try doing it that way. So, Clarice, this is so exciting because in our world of the Americans with Disabilities Act, you know, we call these accommodations or modifications. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that for you and Chase, this is just an everyday part of your life. And it really makes a difference. And not only in Chase's life, but you've talked about others and your groups making a difference. So I want to thank you and Chase for that because, you know, it's really important. And um, also, too, I want to open this up to our ADA live listening audience. If you have questions about this topic or any other ADA live topics, you can submit your questions online at adalive.org. Or you can call the Southeast ADA Center at 404-541-9001. And now we're going to have a word from our episode sponsor. Show Them How Smart You Are is a grassroots autism organization inspired by personal experiences. Show Them How Smart You Are, S-T-H-S-Y-A, supports caregivers, for example, parents, grandparents, guardians, support service professionals of individuals with autism through activities, resource sharing, referrals, educational advocacy, and informal support meetings. While focusing primarily on the city of Syracuse, STHSYA also partners with surrounding suburban and rural residents of the central New York area. For more information about Show Them How Smart You Are, please contact Ms. Clarice Shelby Coleman at smartwithautism37 at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with our guests, Clarice Shelby Coleman and Chase Coleman. The Syracuse University at Campus News and Community News recently interviewed you, 
And there was a quote in that article, and it says, people call us helicopter moms. Well, I'm an F-16. <laughs> yes, Now, ma'am. see, see, I have to tell you how much I love that because I live in the flight path of Dobbins Air Force Base in Georgia, and I hear those F-16s coming across. So I can only imagine what this quote means to you, but you've got to tell us about that. That means <laughs> I love fighter planes. <laughs> And uh, when I think of a helicopter, they just kind of hover along. You, 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 you hear them coming. You, you have time to get yourself prepared. Well, no, I'm coming in fast and precise. Uh, if I find out that Chase's modifications or his accommodations weren't being properly appropriated, I'm right there before the building opens. I'm emailing everybody from the president of the United States <laughs> until the custodian. That's what that means. And I've already done my research. So when you get in the meeting with me, you better have done your research. <laughs> Clarice, you are the kind of parent that uh, and self-advocate uh, that we love to talk to because these things are so very important for folks to know. So so Chase, I'm going to ask you a question. I understand you recently graduated from the Media Studies Program at the Institute of Technology at Syracuse Central High School. Now, first of all, congratulations, because that's a huge, huge accomplishment. But what are your plans now? What, so I understand you're in the um, Inclusive Higher Ed Program at Syracuse. Yes, I want to go to inclusive you, college, Syracuse, university, fall, a media, certificate from new house. I will be the camera up all per total fall show them how smart you, smart you are, and the mayor, mayor, and the mayor of Syracuse uh, one day. Chase, I commend I you want, for on these goals. I want to coach and train in autism runners like me. I applaud your goals. I am really excited for you. And I look forward to the day you have that certificate. And hopefully we can work together sometime. So that would just be awesome. Yes. I, yes. Good job. Thank you, Chase. I really appreciate that. So, so Clarice, you've talked about the fact that you've uh, worked with other parents and, and professionals. So, but what advice do you have for parents of young um, autistic adults who maybe, um, you know, haven't learn the same self-advocacy skills that you've learned or, or may not have had the same support. 
what, what, what advice do you have for them? I would tell those parents and those individuals to find their interests mm -hmm. and encourage them to try everything. I found that because Chase couldn't tell me what he wanted, I decided, I was like, okay, we're going to try everything. And then his, some of his actions and his few words and his temperament let me know, no, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> That's not what he likes. But to try everything because you want them to have a fulfilling life and you want them to have things to do other than the things they must do. And the more that I bring him out in the community and we work on um, election campaigns or we volunteer at food pantries, uh, we go to church services, the more he gets used to those environments and then he's able to let me know, I like this, I don't really like that. And then I have to respect that. I have to respect it because mm -hmm. that's what I want. So basically, if I'm understanding correctly, uh, so you really would encourage parents to try everything and to find what works. And then also too, to respect um, the, the young adults decisions of when they really don't like something, let's not do this. Mm -hmm. Yes, because yeah. it's important for them to make their own decisions, no matter how big or small they are. Um, Chase loves socks and he loves hats. And when we go shopping, if he picks a hat that he really wants and we don't have it already, he gets it. So Chase, you are after my heart. I love socks and hats too. So I have, I have way too many socks, I've been told, but I don't think there's such a thing. So. Not at all. <laughs> so Chase, as a young autistic adult, what do you want to share with other young men and women like, your, like yourself? Use your words. It helps people help you use your words it helps people help you that is probably one of the strongest things i've heard ever heard said so now clarice we know that you were recently recognized as an exceptional woman of central new york for community service for your work with show them how smart you are this is such an honor. And so can you tell us about the sponsors of the award and the criteria for recognition? Um, the award is sponsored by New York State Assemblywoman Pamela Hunter and two of my caregivers from the support group that I run. They wrote a letter to nominate me. They each wrote a letter to nominate me. And when I got the call, her secretary told me she had never had anyone nominated by two different people. <laughs> and you must reside within the 128th district of New York state. And you must be contributing to your community in some way. And I had two parents, I had no idea. 
that they um, appreciated and were getting was getting something from our support group. Um, I bring caregivers together and we do things like brunch and we do fairs for the, the uh, individuals on the spectrum. We do family and group activities. Um, I help them with IEP meetings, which are individualized plan meetings for their education. I talk to parents about advocating for themselves, for their youth, for their young adult. And um, I help them revise those IEPs to improve them. And I share every resource and partnership that I encounter. And I was doing that because I just, it's always felt right. And then I got surprised with this award. Well, congratulations, because it's definitely well-deserved. It's definitely well-deserved. And, you know, it's interesting to me because so much of what you're talking about has a has this long name called supportive decision making. And uh, it's an area uh, that we all look at at the Burton Blatt Institute. And you are br- you and Chase are bringing this to life for, for not only for your own family, but for others and, you know, helping others to be able to make their own decisions. So I'm really excited about that. So, well, Chase, let's talk a little bit about your inclusive running club on campus. Um, what is the name of your club? One walk and wool with with Chase. So, what does your club do? Yes, we go for one walk or wall with mentors, peer to peer, teachers and friends, different people each time. Whole campus is welcome. So how many people join you to for the walk, run, or stroll? Twenty-five. Twenty-five people. Wow, that's a lot. Um so that sounds like fun. It sounds like it's a great way to get exercise and meet new people. So if I ever get to Syracuse, I may have to join you out there. Yes. So, so Chase and Clarice, so tell mm-hmm. me a little bit more about, you know, it's, everyone is welcome. That's fantastic. But sometimes we know we have to adapt things for people mm-hmm. with various disabilities. So how does that happen? What's the, how do you, how do you make these um, changes or adaptations? You want to tell her? So what do we have? We have three different courses named for me and my friends. It's not a race, 
Take your time with a group of friends. Chase course is one or two laps around Fountain Park. Take one way from Huntington Hall to Manly Field House House all flat ground ready twelve from Hutton Huntington Hall to the quad house has has ramps everybody comes back to Huntington Hall good job and I go out and I'm part of the walk group <laughs> and I usually walk with anyone who has um, a wheelchair or crutches and we do the Reedy Trail. And then one of the mentors who just may wanna walk or slowly run, or even if the person who's in a chair wants to roll their chair, they usually do the Daquan way because it's not a very long um, mm -hmm. distance. And when they get to Manly Field House, they all get on the bus or the trolley, which is adapted for everyone. And they all go back to Huntington. And mm. Chase is usually the last one back because he's with the group that's doing one or two laps around Thorndon Park, which is about anywhere between two and almost four miles. Well, I love the whole concept of being able to get together with friends, to be able to get together with mentors, to the fact you've got multiple levels. It sounds exciting. This is the first time I've ever listened to a walking type club that I might actually enjoy, too. I'm just overwhelmed. <laughs> with it. So, so I think it's time for us to make do one down here. So, all right. So. Well, as we get ready to wrap up today, let's talk about the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, you know, Chase at 20 years old is what I is what is uh, what I call my ADA babies, and I mean this in the mm -hmm. the best of ways because, thankfully, um, our children that are 30 years and uh, 30 um, 30 years and younger, you know, came along after the ADA was passed, mm -hmm. and so. How has it, what has it meant to you and how has it affected each of your lives uh, since it was passed um, in the 1990s? It has been my, um, my soapbox. <laughs> I've used it to fight for what he needs in school. I've used it to fight for things in the community. I've used it with um, politicians now that as soon as he got old enough to vote to explain to them, well, he's your constituent, he's voting for you. What are you gonna do for him? How are you going to make jobs available for them? 
how are you going to adjust things for those who depend on the ADA? And it has been what I go back to whenever I'm talking to my parents, especially the young ones. And then you run into the older ones. I have a parent in my group who has a 37 year old and she's like, I never knew this was available. And so I just, I go out there and I advocate, 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 and I let everyone know and read it. You need to read it. I've read it a lot. <laughs> and it helps, it gives people that strength because I think as a caregiver, sometimes you get beat down, but that's my, my, uh, my power charge. When I get to read that and say, oh, no, you have to do this this has to be changed. This has to accommodate. Clarice, I think you have described the ADA in one of the best ways I've ever heard, the fact that it gives you strength and a power charge. And that's, uh, you know, we're talking about people's civil rights. And so mm -hmm. that to me is so very important. And the fact that you've taken time to read it, to learn it, to, to understand it, uh, that just makes me excited as someone who's done nothing but eat, breathe, and sleep the law for over 25 years. So, so as we head into our last question here, you know, we've talked about so many things and so many exciting things, but you know, there's more exciting things to come in the future. What are you, are your hopes for the future in our society? What do you want to see happen? And this is a question for both you and Chase. Our motto for Show Them How Smart You Are on all our t-shirts and all our towels and all our knickknacks we sell says inclusion completes the puzzle. When you include people who fall under the ADA classifications, you're, you're completing the full picture of our society. You're getting their ideas mixed with your ideas and it makes this machine run smoothly. So I stick to inclusion completes the puzzle. You can't help Chase help himself if you don't include him. Inclusion makes things whole. Yes. Inclusion makes things whole and it, everything uh, and it, everything and everybody has the opportunity and, a, and the right to be at the table. Yes. So, so. I'm going to have to steal that part now. <laughs> Please do. Please do. So, well, Clarice and Chase, it has been such an honor and privilege to talk with you today and to, to hear you talk about self-advocacy, uh, about your experience, experiences, and really just to talk mm -hmm. about, uh, you know, as we wrap up here, you know, inclusion. And we are, one of the things I think we need to remember is inclusion must be t intentional. And that's, those mm -hmm. are the things you've talked about today and the way uh, that we really need to think through this. 
Now, as we get um, as we get ready to wrap up, uh, so we will be sharing the resources that you shared with us. They'll be posted um, with this episode on the ADA Live website. And for our ADA Live listeners, we thank you for joining us today. You may access all ADA Live episodes with the archived audio, accessible transcripts, and resources on our website at adalive.org. You also may listen to the SoundCloud ADA Live channel at soundcloud.com forward slash ADA Live. And you may download ADA Live to your mobile device in your podcast app by searching for ADA Live. We also invite you to tune in to our new podcast, Disability Rights Today. Disability Rights Today is your source for in-depth discussion on important court cases that shape the Americans with Disabilities Act. Learn more about Disability Rights Today at disabilityrightstoday.org. And if you have any questions about the Americans with Disabilities Act, you may use the online form anytime at adalive.org or contact your regional ADA center at 1-800-949-4232. All calls are free and confidential. ADA Live is a program of the Southeast ADA Center and our producer is Celestia Arasta with Beth Miller-Harrison, Mary Mortar, Emily Ruber, Marsha Schwanke, and Barry Whaley. Our music is from Four Wheel City, the movement for improvement. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode. Yeah, copies over us. They watch it. They don't want us to be a part of these.